0: And thank you, Brother Mike, for, for that reading. And, brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus, um, I invite you now to, to remain standing with me as you're willing and able for our next reading. And I'll be reading from 2 Peter. And, friends, I'll be reading from chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. He and I, are the perfect and errant word of God. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet, that's to say I think it necessary, as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. And dearly beloved, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. And I invite you to be seated. And brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus, I invite you to bow your heads with me Please hear this prayer. O God of Israel, Jehovah, a Father, a Covenantal Head, Lord Jesus, by Thy Spirit Thou hast opened Thy Word unto us this day. We just heard the Lord this beautiful description in Genesis about. Lord, our ancestors, Adam and Eve being created, O Lord, from the dust, and Eve created, we'll read later, from the rib, and Lord, thou by thy spirit has given us life, thou O Lord has set this day aside, that we might worship thee in spirit and in truth, what a gift it is to be here with my beloved brethren, my brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus, this Sabbath day, to worship thee in spirit and in truth. What a joy to worship with the saints. This, O Lord, is a foretaste of the heavenly banquet that we are promised by thee, at covenant head and Father. Lord, quicken us that we might worship thee and look into thy word and sing praises unto thee and pray to thee as if this were our last Sabbath. We know not the day nor the hour when Thou returnest, O Lord, to separate the wheat from the chaff. May we keep our lamps trimmed and burning. Fill us, O Lord, with a childlike joy and depth in love for thee and for thy word. Speak through me, O wretched man that I am. I pray that, Lord, my dearly beloved brothers and sisters, thy adopted children, that thou hast chosen in thyself from the foundations of the earth, that thou hast loved with a perfect love. Father, I pray that we together, we would look into thy perfect word. Again, Lord, speak through me, O wretched man that I am, that my brothers and sisters might truly be built up in thee, that we might truly, O Lord, walk as those who have been promised the everlasting kingdom, the new Jerusalem. We ask this all for thy sake, and we pray in thy name. Christ our Lord. Amen. And brothers and sisters, today, we're continuing in excuse me, a sermon series from 2 Peter. And briefly, at the beginning of the message, I'm going to, with the help of the Spirit, paraphrase some of what we have looked at so far in 2 Peter chapter 1. And I've just read, again, verses 11 through 14. So, again, Peter is writing from Rome. He is writing to the Gentile churches. Peter is nearing death. Um, and we hear that more specifically in these verses that we've just looked at. Um, Peter is reminding and saying and re-saying to his beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord that they ought to be diligent. They ought to be patient. They ought to be brotherly or sisterly in a loving way one to another. Um, that they ought to be self-controlled or temperate. So Peter has been very emphatic thus far in his letter to his beloved brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus that they ought to be leading virtuous lives, virtuous in the biblical sense, Uh, meaning we know not the day nor the hour when Christ returns. Therefore, we ought to always be watchful. We ought to always be doing our absolute best by stirring up the grace within us. And Peter uses that language of stirring to glorify the Lord Jesus, to grow in grace, to be strictly dedicated to becoming more noble in Christ and for Christ, more disciplined, more self-control in Christ and for Christ, more patient for Christ in Him, more loving in a true and deep Level to our brothers and sisters to love in truth and indeed to be extensions of the love of Jesus. So Peter is reminding his brothers and sisters about that. And again, now we hear in a more specific way that Peter he is about to put off his earthly tabernacle. Now, depending on the translation, sometimes that can say tent. And really what it means is his body. So there's a a brief reminder. um, When a man or woman dies, um, at that very moment of death, and this is the biblical teaching that God has breathed out for our knowledge, at the very moment of death, a person's spirit leaves their earthly tabernacle and either goes to be with Christ and the saints in the light in the heavenly Jerusalem, in Zion, the holy city, or this spirit goes to be in Gehenna, hell, in eternal torments. There is no third alternative. Purgatory is not a reality. Uh, the Bible, our loving Father has told us that when we leave this earthly tabernacle, our spirit, if we have been cleansed, washed, justified by the blood of the Lord Jesus. And we are following Him by His grace working within us as Spirit goes to be with Him and the saints in the light into that beautiful communion that words cannot fully capture the beauty of it or as Spirit goes to be in Gehenna. So Peter, he is writing to his brothers and sisters, in my view, fully conscious of that reality. He knows that his life is coming to coming to an end. And now, friends, really to move more directly into exposing these verses. And um, the first point of the message will really be an attempt by the help of the Spirit again to, to talk about the everlasting kingdom that has been administered, granted unto, given unto you, brother or sister, uh, me. Because we have been allotted this faith, the Lord Jesus has applied his precious blood unto us, we have an entrance into the everlasting kingdom, all by his grace. So brother Peter, quickened by the spirit of our Lord, maintains the abundant, and he uses that that word often, we translate it that way. The abundant and irresistible grace of our Lord grants his elect children, his followers, those whom he has has loved and redeemed, citizenship in the everlasting kingdom. The Messiah, the Shepherd of Israel, is from the foundations of the earth, chosen and perfectly loved his covenantal children, thus granting them eternal life in heavenly Zion, the Lamb's glorious city. The regenerate or the born-again children of the covenant must meditate on the beauty, depth, and glories of the new Jerusalem in biblical detail to glorify and enjoy Christ a covenant head, our father. And we have at different times talked quite a bit about the necessary practice of biblical meditation. And meditation biblically in a simple way means deep, serious, heartfelt thinking about the word of God and the attributes of God. Um, Praying the Word of God, really submitting ourselves fully in a deep and devotional way to the Word of God and thinking about how God is speaking to us perfectly as our Father in His Word. And just as it were, to the best of our ability, exhaustively thinking about how the Word of God in its many different aspects applies to us currently and to us eternally. And the Puritans were very keen on the practice of biblical meditation, and they were not the only group that did that, but they were very detailed about the need to meditate on the Bible. And I'm fairly certain I've mentioned this before, and I borrow this research from a man named Joe Beakey. The majority of the resources that the Puritans developed on biblical meditation had to do with eternity. So, Puritan preachers were normally reminding their beloved brothers and sisters to meditate on heaven and also to meditate on hell, uh, to meditate on the shortness of life. Um, and Peter, in verse 11, when he says, Well, so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is Brother Peter by the Spirit quickening him, saying to his beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord, and the Spirit speaks to us now through his word, saying this to us, that we are promised an everlasting kingdom. And if we take deep, sincere, humble, and intentional time to meditate on the beauties of and the glory and the promise and the magnificence of heaven that is a way for us to grow in grace and what I'm going to do because no human tongue can can truly describe heaven without error scripture alone can do that I'm going to read from Revelation 21 and this is God's description through John about the heavenly city. And again, if a brother or sister dies, their spirit goes to be with Christ and the saints and the light. And really what we're reading about in Revelation 21 is about Christ's return. Christ's return, bringing the new heavens, the new Jerusalem here, the new heavens and the new earth. But this is a descriptor of heavenly participation, as it were. Heavenly participation. Imagery, heavenly experience. And I say this, brother or sister, to you in the spirit on the Lord's day as your brother who loves you, my friend, in Jesus. This is God's promise to you. These words are written so that you, brother or sister, that we together, we can know the covenantal promise of God, that we who follow him by his grace, we are promised an everlasting kingdom. Hear I the word of God. This is Revelation 21. these are verses one through seven. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, "Behold!" for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is athirst or thirsty, of the fountain of the water of life, freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And that is written by the Spirit of God through the beloved disciple on Patmos and instructs you, brother, you, sister, me, that you and I, because of the grace of a loving father, a loving, perfectly caring, and sympathizing high priest, we will drink from the fountain of life in the New Jerusalem. You, friend, no matter what trial you face, no matter what sickness you might face, what disappointment or what joy, you might face. When the Lord Jesus has applied his blood to you, when you know you are justified by faith alone, you cry, Abba Father, from your heart unto him. Brother sister, this is a promise to you and to me. You will drink from the fountain of life in the heavenly city of Zion. And that is a covenantal promise our Lord extends towards us. And I'm going to read again about this everlasting kingdom, because again, my words. They will fade away. They will perish, but this word will never perish. And this is, again, what John writes about the heavenly Jerusalem. This is Revelation 22, verses 1 through 5. Again, he and I, the word of God. And he showed me a pure river of water, of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, For the Lord God giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever. Amen. And there again, dear brother or sister in the Messiah, you, beloved brother, you, beloved sister, as a vessel of mercy, freely redeemed by a perfectly loving, kind, powerful, and wise king, this is his promise to you, my friend. You and I Because of the blood of Jesus, we will experience the heavenly Jerusalem, an everlasting kingdom. No tears, no sorrow, no sickness, no tragedy. All of love, all of light. In the Lamb, our blessed Lord, our blessed Lord Christ, He is the light in that city. When we die and leave this earthly tabernacle, our spirit goes to be with the Lamb on the throne. Our comprehension and understanding of beauty is, in, is inadequate to fully describe or truly comprehend just how delightful and glorious and magnificent it will be to be with Christ and the saints and the like. So, Peter is reminding his brethren, his brothers and sisters of this everlasting kingdom. And, friends, we ought to be fully reminded. Of this everlasting kingdom, I'm going to recommend a resource to you that, in my view, is as good of um, a theological description of heaven as I think I will read. It's written by Jonathan Edwards. And Jonathan Edwards, he's he's written really a treatise that is now published as a book called Heaven: A World of Love, and it's published by the Banner of Truth. Um, it, Someone else may publish it too, but it's just a wonderful treatise on heaven. And Edwards, true to form, um, the Lord gave him a very detailed and just full mind. Uh, He attempts to take the biblical teachings about heaven and, and systematically describe them. And it's just an awesome resource. But I'm going to read just a little bit from this. And again, this is from Heaven, A World of Love, written by Jonathan Edwards. And this is in the section called The Cause and Fountain of Love in Heaven. And the title in of itself is is beautiful enough for us, friends. The Cause and Fountain of Love in Heaven. And Edwards writes, Here I remark that the God of love himself dwells in heaven. Heaven is the palace or presence chamber of the high and holy one whose name is love and who is both the cause and source of all holy love. And now I'm going to move down to the end of this paragraph that I'm quoting from. And Edwards writes, Heaven is a part of creation that God has built for this end, to be the place of his glorious presence, and it is his abode forever. And here will he dwell and gloriously manifest himself to all eternity. Now, I'm going to paraphrase some of what he says in this really just beautiful treatise about the New Jerusalem, Heavenly Zion. Edwards will say, and he's using imagery or really, descriptions is a better word from Revelation that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the God of Israel, they are the fountain, the fountain of light, uh, the fountain of love, the fountain of charity, the fountain of blessings. And you, brother, sister, we, because of the grace of Jesus and his work within us, we will be in that heavenly city, um, at his throne, worshiping him forever. So, uh, brother Peter, Before he died, he reminded his beloved brethren of this everlasting city, this everlasting kingdom. And dear brother, dear sister in the Lord, may we take heed and really just enjoy that beautiful promise that the Lord extends towards us. And also, friends, Peter, he reminds his brothers and sisters in the Lord in these verses to remember the things that he has taught them. And he says he's nearing death, and he calls them to, to remembrance. He is saying to them in a loving and diligent and forthright way to remember to be patient, to remember to be self-controlled, to remember to be brotherly or sisterly in a deep and loving and meaningful level, to remember to be a person of integrity, A person of virtue. So he calls them to remembrance. And then Brother Peter goes as far to say this even after he has left his earthly tabernacle, that they ought to remember these things. And Peter is reminding his dearly beloved brothers and sisters of the apostolic biblical doctrine remember the word of the Lord your God, forget not the word of the Lord your God. And friends, I'm going to read some parallels that called us to remember the providence, the sovereignty, the attributes, the perfect word of our loving, merciful, and righteous Father. This is Joshua 1, verse 13. Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. And this is 1 Chronicles, chapter 16, verses 10 through 15. And hear not the perfect word of God. Glory ye, that's really y'all, in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders in the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Israel, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord, our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Be ye mindful always of his covenant the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. And we hear this very deep and meaningful and convicting language in 1 Chronicles 16 about remembering the covenantal love of our Father, remembering that we are children of faith, children of the promise. We are sons, daughters in the covenant with a loving, kind, and perfectly sympathetic and perfectly strong high priest. We are Israel's seed. We are his spiritual children. A very beautiful and promise-filled reminder. We're called to remember his works, remember the judgments, the words of his mouth. In 2 Timothy 2, verses 14 through 16, Brother Paul says this to his spiritual son Timothy, Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit or that's to say argue about um, things that really don't matter with respect to words but to the subverting of the hearers study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth and we hear there brother Paul reminding again his spiritual son to remember the apostolic doctrine to remember the truth of God and friends I'll conclude with an exhortation that I think is certainly implied in 2 Peter and one that we can render from 2 Peter. Peter was fully conscious of his death. Peter knew that he would soon be putting off his earthly tabernacle. He knew that he was spending his time, his remaining days, opening the Word of God to his brothers and sisters, reminding them of heavenly Jerusalem heavenly Zion, the city of the Lamb, reminding them to be diligent, reminding them to be patient, reminding them to be truly, at a deep and serious level, loving brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we should always remember our death, always remember that our days, they are but a mist. They come and they go. The Lord has numbered our days in advance. He knows how many days he's granted us to glorify and enjoy him. We do not know. Therefore, we ought to serve him with all our might while we do live. And friend, I say this to you now in conclusion. The Lord Jesus has promised you citizenship in his holy city. Because of his grace, because of his love, you and I, we will drink from the fountain of life. We will be in the perfect light of the Lamb in heavenly Zion. May we never forget the promises, the covenant of a loving, merciful, and heavenly God. We commit all this time unto Him, and we pray in His name, Christ our Lord. Amen.